Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Wow, wow, wow. You can make your way back to your seats now or maybe just wrap up your combo. I'm not sure. But I'm excited because it's Mother's Day and woo! All the mums in the house, you may not have received your copious amounts of gifts this morning. I'm sure they will be all rolling out today though, because today is about the one day, should be every day, but the one day that we actually celebrate you. And I just want to take a moment actually to remind every single mum in this room that you're actually chosen by God for the role that you have. Those children were hand-selected by God and given to you. And so don't forget that role. Don't forget the importance of it. And don't forget the importance of you and that role. You might be here today and you're feeling like fully ill-equipped or like you're even failing at that role. But God knew. He knew actually he had, you had, sorry, what it takes to be that mum to that child or those children or maybe foster kids in your care or maybe you're bringing out uh, grandkids. Grandparents? God choose you, okay? So he, I hope you're not bringing out your grandparents, but I mean, if you are, good good on you. Anyway, back to it. Okay, I've I've lost my flow completely. Here we go. God chose you. He knew you had what it takes, okay? So keep turning up. Keep training up, keep loving up, don't give up. The fruit of all your efforts may not be really obvious right now in the season of your parenting, but you will see the fruit soon. If you consistently love and impart and stay connected to your kids, you will see the fruit. And also, maybe right now you don't feel like there's any connection. It's never too late to try again. Every mum in this room, I want you to stand up because I want to just pray over you. And it might feel a bit awkward, but you deserve to be honoured. You deserve to uh, have this prayer. And so let's just give the mums a round of applause as they stand. And well done. Mums or future mums. Yeah, these these girls, these women are unsung heroes. They're amazing. So God, I just pray over every mum in this room right now, Lord God. I just pray your love over them. Just absolutely pause on them today, Lord Jesus. God, that they will sense a fresh touch from you. God, that they will feel an encouragement today if they feel discouraged. That God, they will feel courage if they're feeling like they just need a surge of that. God, that they will get fresh vision for their family if they've lost it, Lord Jesus. God, that you will remind them today of the future of their children. God, you will have restoration where there has been a lack of connection with children, Lord Jesus. And I just pray right now for every woman that had that dream of when that child was born, that God, you bring it back to them, you remind them of their role today where the enemies tried to discourage or take it away or just make them feel like failures today. You remind them that beautiful mums that you handpick these children for and they have what it takes. May they believe it. May you um, remind them of that today and who they are in you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you. Amen. Amen.
Well, woman, you're pretty amazing. You're multitaskers. You're like, you know, God knew, God knew. Well, as a church, uh, we've been continuing on this journey of following Jesus. It's a good thing to do in a church, right? And at the moment, we're focusing on the theme called discipleship. Now, for any of you like me who like things really simple, um, it's just about becoming more like Jesus. So that's easy, right? Well, it got me thinking about what could affect that? What might limit me or us from following him? What might be something that would stop me from being more like Jesus? And I couldn't get past our hearts. I couldn't get past maybe the condition of our heart because the heart is at the centre of, all, of who we are. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. That pop up. How good? Magic. And Jesus talked about the heart a lot. It's not just the vessel that pumps blood in our body. It's biblically known as the centre of a person's being. Solomon said it was where the soul and the essence of a person collides, the inner thoughts and intent. I mean, how many songs, love songs, romantic songs, have been sung about the heart? Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. Don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John, followed by I Will Never Break Your Heart by Backstreet Boys, followed by Where Do Broken Hearts Go by One Direction. I mean, so many hearts. And then church songs, it's a lot about our heart, right? I can't even list those. I'm sure, um, not Celine Dion, um, Darlene Check. she's bound to have sung many songs about the heart. But anyway, not all of the songs are about romantic and heartbreak songs. And you'll notice I didn't break out and sing. I don't want to ruin any Mother's Day moment here. So anyway, but it is a fundamental, it is fundamental to a human and also for what it means to know God. It couldn't be illustrated more clearer with David in the Bible. Now, if you don't know much about the Bible, he's pretty well known in that book. 2 Samuel 11, I'm just going to abbreviate the story and tell you a little bit about it. So David, also king of Israel, has grown up, has been handpicked by God. He is anointed. He's done amazing things to this day in his journey with God. One night, he wanders out of his room. He lives in a palace. Bit bougie, isn't it? And um, he walks out onto the balcony, and lo and behold, he sees something. Oh, somebody captures his eye, a beautiful woman. Now, I'll just let you know, David was currently married. I think he had only seven or eight wives at that time. Um, So there were probably many a beautiful woman he could look at. But this particular beautiful woman caught his eye. So he then acts on that and thinks, I would like to know who this woman is. So he sends one of his servants to go and have a, I guess, a bit of stalking in the Bible days. So comes back and the servant then says, this person is Bathsheba and she's married and said the husband's name. That didn't stop David. He said, send for her to come and visit me. So Bathsheba comes for a visit and it wasn't just cups of tea. Um, (laughs) David slept with Bathsheba and people think the Bible's boring. It is scandalous. Next minute, she can't get a text message to him. So she sends someone a message and that message is, I am pregnant. Well, I wonder how David felt that day. So David then thinks, OMG, what shall I do about this? 
This is the Rebecca translation, okay? It's not actually in the Bible. The story is, though, okay, right, here we go. Um, so anyway, he has to send for um, Bathsheba's husband, who's currently at war, to get him to come back so that he can go visit his wife. So, you know, strategy. And his, the husband comes back, but the husband refuses to go up and visit his wife. So he stays down at, like, the quarters before the house. There's have a lot of buildings nearby. But anyway, he stays there. So then David has to come up with another plan. So he gets... Um, someone to send her husband back to fight the war, but make sure he's at the front of the battle where he will be killed. Then, once he is killed, that's what I mean, like, how can people say the Bible's boring? He allows her a little bit of time to mourn, and then he gets her to come live with him and marries her. So, God was not really that pleased with David in this moment. As you can imagine, he's taken a few things into uh things to work in his favour. Anyway, prophet comes to David. It's called Nathan. Any Nathans in the room? Okay. Anyway, he visits David and he has heard from the Lord and shares the story to David. And he says this, there is one man, he has so many sheep and cattle and all I can do is picture Tash in her farm right now. <laughs> like, how on earth do you look after? Was it 2,000 sheep? I mean, I've got five kids and that is enough. But anyway, so anyway, this one man, and he has got all these sheep and all these cattle, and, and this prophet Nathan says, but then this one man who loves his sheep, he's got one sheep who he loves, he lets it eat off his plate and drink out of his cup. He considers that one sheep his child. This rich man comes to town, and they need to provide a meal, and the person with many sheep, many cattle, chooses the one pearl person's sheep to be used for that meal. And the prophet is telling David this, and David is like, well, that is terrible. Like, this person deserves to die. He needs to pay for that. And then the prophet Nathan goes, that person is you. And he lists off, you know, God anointed you king over Israel. He gave you the master's house and master's wives. He gave you all of Israel and Judah, and he would have given you more. But you took what wasn't yours. Psalm 51.10 talks about David crying out to God. And he says, because all of a sudden, the prophet carries on as a big, big read. In um, 2 Samuel 12, he talks about all the things that then happened to David because of the decisions and the things he made. By Psalm 51.10, you guys are doing so well listening to all of this. There's a lot of backstory to get into the story, you know. I've got some good stories coming out, don't you worry. Mm -hmm. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And that whole chapter is all about David trying to get right with God, basically like what I've done isn't good. We may not realise it, but if we do not protect our hearts, we're going to be in for trouble. You see, outwardly, no one may know the condition of your heart. You may be really vulnerable right now. You may be really happy right now. You might be really content. But you might be very broken. You might be very discouraged. And you might be at your wit's end. Well, outwardly, no one might know that. You will, and it will affect how you start to filter things. You know, if you think about it from a health point of view, if you went to the doctor and they said to you, you know what, your heart is not in a good place. You, you need to change what you eat. You need to change um, that. You need to do exercise. Oh, my gosh, don't you hate that one? And then I've done it once this year, though, guys, so I can tick it off for 2023. <laughs> so good. Um, 
He, you know, you would make serious changes, right? You would be like, okay, I'm going to rest more where they've told me to rest. I'm going to reduce stress where I need to reduce stress because it's your body. And when a doctor says, you look after it. But how different is it when it's our actual heart and how we filter things? We don't always do this well. Because many of the times as Christians, we just do the Christian thing. We carry on going to church and we carry on like quoting some scripture here and there. And oh, praise Jesus. Hallelujah, brother. Amen. Yes. Oh, God is good. And inside you're like, is he though? You know, Um, you know, just being real. Sorry if that's not acceptable. Um, So anyway, let's listen to this. The NLT version you don't know what that means, New Living Translation. Again, love it. It's nice and simple for Becky. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Okay, so let's just focus on that. It determines the course of your life. I noticed it didn't say somebody else will guard your heart. It didn't say God will guard your heart. It didn't say your neighbour will guard your heart. Your nail lady will guard your heart, although mine's pretty good. It didn't say your mum Oh, guard your heart. Shout out to Lynn. It didn't say your husband. Well, <laughs> your personal trainer. Be careful. Sometimes people fall for their personal trainer. Um, or did your, oh gosh, too real, Beck. Okay. Maybe. It didn't even say your pastor will guard your heart. No, it says you. You need to guard your heart. So you're in charge of guarding your own heart. It's pretty much a full-time job, though, because you just never know what one day might come up. You know, one day you just cruise along, you've got your coffee in your hand, and the next minute somebody disappoints you, probably your children. Gosh, how dare they? They're professional mistake makers because they're still learning how to do life. You know what? Then, then your husband might disappoint you. Then your workmate might disappoint you. Then whoever's pulling the fingers at you on the way to work because you cut them off might disappoint you. <laughs> Suddenly... Suddenly, there is a wound there that needs to be dealt with. We have one heart and we have one filter of our life. And that's through our heart, right? And it filters our decisions, our relationships, our friendships, our work life, our ministries, if you're in ministries, and our families out of it. So let me tell you today, I'm going to go on about it. You need to guard your heart. Why? Because your heart is extremely valuable. Now, I don't know about you, but on garbage day... It's American. We live in New Zealand. Rubbish day, can plan. Tuesday is my can plan day. Now, I've put that rubbish out and I have filled that thing as flipping full as I can. It is, I'm getting my $4 worth out of that rubbish bin. And I'm not guarding it because I'm like, you take it, brother um, or sister. And, and it's gone. It's dead to me. But I'll tell you what I do guard. My car. Oh, no. So we used to have crappy cars. And then a couple of years ago, I think Graham thought, right, Beck deserves something. <laughs> and he bought me a Mobuji car. And I thought, oh, praise the Lord. At first I thought, we don't need this. Like, I'm happy with a people mover with spilt grime and glue all on the ground where the kids have had activities in the back for some weird reason. I'm okay with it. But then I thought, no, I like the sound of heated seats in the winter. I like the sound of a slightly roary engine when I overtake people on the motor way. Hey, buddy. Oh, it's someone from church. Whoa, I was doing Whoa. I mean, I wasn't speeding at all, Jesse, okay? Never. And then, 
And then like now I've become that person, I go into the pack and save car park and I'm like, dear Lord, let those big parks be there for me. You know, my parks, the parks that are really big, that no one can whack their doors into my car. And I get there and I think, thank you, Jesus. I've prayed in tongues for like three minutes before I get there. And I find them and then I just pop my little mirrors in as well, you know. Whereas before, my old car, I'd be doing the opposite. I'd find the most convenient part and I'd be thinking, okay, God, if anyone just wants to take this car out, just write it off. So good. Thank you, Jesus. I will come back and you will have written that car off. And never happened. He never answered that prayer. But why do I change the way? Why have I completely changed to walk a kilometre? I just have a good park because I value my car. It's not an idol though, guys, not an idol. I'm just valuing it. But if you really understood that your heart is a wellspring, what would you not allow in? What would you deal with faster? Because if it determines your life, then you should treat it as so. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stony, stubborn heart, just making sure I'm saying it right, Take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Wow, I love that. So your heart is important. Are we getting that now? Yes, so good. Number two of why you should guard your heart. Because your heart is the source of everything you do. In other words, it's the source of everything else in your life because your heart overflows with the thoughts and then actions. And if we don't get control on those thoughts, then eventually... I don't know if you've noticed, we act on those thoughts, which is where David got himself in trouble, didn't he? And if your heart is, an, is unhealthy, it totally impacts everything else. Your family, your friends, your career, even your legacy. So that's why it's so important. And the quicker you detect a wrong heart condition and get it straightened out, the better off you are and your family and that ripple effect. Let me tell you some of the warning signs that your heart might not be healthy. You're starting to feel disconnected from your partner, your husband, your wife. Maybe you're feeling constantly frustrated. Maybe you're feeling very negative and angry a lot of the time. Maybe you're comparing your life. You're just constantly unhappy. You're constantly jealous. You're covering stuff up, a really good sign, hiding things, keeping them maybe secret. Anything hidden or covered up or secret is a sign it's not healthy. You're not content, so you're looking for something else to give you a fix, a dopamine, you know, a pick-me-up, a bit of comfort. Maybe some of you have started to use substances or more of those substances. Maybe alcohol is no longer just Friday drinks. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe Netflix is more than just one show. It's you get home and that's it. You're out. Shows, apps, gaming, you know, another big thing. But regularly, you're trying to escape. Because all those things on their own, I mean, maybe not the drugs, all those things on their own aren't necessarily a bad thing. But when you're using it for a fix, right? So what should I do if I identify that my heart is a bit like this? Well, first of all, if you're feeling a little too connected to somebody, you need to shut those interactions down. Maybe you're feeling uh, a little bit like devices, uh, a bit of a... Uh, problem, you need to put safety things on your phone and, and shut down apps that lead you to looking at inappropriate things or unfollow those people that make you compare your life or don't follow 
the girls with all the bikinis, if that's an issue for you, okay? Interesting what you see when you are on Instagram, the people who like pictures that you know are in relationships, and you think, that's not healthy. So a challenge out there to you. Don't go doing what David did. Don't, you know, it's natural to have one look. It's not natural to keep looking and then scroll the person's Instagram and da-da-da-da. Keep your eyes away. <laughs> you need to stop that stuff. You need to find someone to be accountable to. Find someone that's, that you can be honest with, someone that is wise as well. You know, you can tell a friend and they can have a lull with you. Find the person that's actually going to guide you and give you good wisdom and advice. Get counselling. Don't keep putting yourself in those situations because you'll make a decision that you regret. If you recognise a weakness of your heart, then find ways not to be in that situation. I'll get you guys laughing in a minute just to calm down the intensity, right? <laughs> Access your heart and work out what's underneath the reason. What, what is underneath? Yeah, right. What is underneath that, that you need that? Because there will be a reason. Good people don't make bad decisions. They, good people get caught out, like David got caught out. He was a good person, but he made a few decisions because he let his guard down. Don't make a decision today. Your future you won't thank you for. I think that's going to come up on the screen. I love that quote because it's a really good measure for us to use. You know, we should probably have it on our screens. Don't make a decision today. Your future you won't thank you for. My last thought is, a third thing is why do why you protect your heart? Because your heart is under constant attack. You just never know when it might happen, right? And you'd actually need a first aid plan. You know, we, we had a situation last week in the service and all of a sudden we're like, man, we need to have a plan for emergencies like that. You need to have a plan for an emergency in your heart as well. Because as part of life, we connect with people. That's a normal thing and we often try to help people. We get alongside people. We lead people in our works or in our families. And unfortunately, people let us down. As a parent, like I've referred to before, kids will let us down. Someone you've mentored or discipled or like even a great friend could let you down. A spouse could let you down. And when we connect our hearts to people, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to do that. But they're human, so they'll make mistakes. And these people will be people that you've given great advice to. But for some reason, they've not followed it. You can start to feel like your heart can be like, oh, well, that was a waste of time. Why did I spend all those hours in passing into them? Why did I spend all that time being a great friend to them? They've not taken any advice, and here they are in a mess again, and I guess they'll expect me to pick it all up with them again. Your heart starts to be a little bit bothered, doesn't it? And you think, man, why? Why, didn't they, why did they do that? So beware. Because our heart is what leads us. And if we let the little things fester away, like the disappointment of someone letting us down and all those things, then it will start to grow. See, if you allow sin or resentment or unforgiveness to capture your imagination, it will not be long before it masters your soul. God preserved this story of David for us in the Bible as a warning so that we can apply it for our lives. Because our hearts, no matter how we do life, unless it's on our very own, we will come up against hurt. And if we lose heart, we lose a lot. God is the only one who can truly bring peace to our hearts in these moments. God is the one who helps us forgive, which um, Jared spoke an amazing message on last week. And God is who gives us strength. 
You know, 2020, 2021, 2023, we all kind of want to erase those years, right? They were not so fun for lots of us. But 2021 for me was a year where I felt particularly vulnerable uh, a few different pockets. And for me, I think my heart gets vulnerable when it's about my kids. And there are several different things. We've got five, so we've got a higher ratio of opportunity for moments that might feel hard on the heart. And maybe each of them had a moment. I don't know. But as a mum, that's where I go, oh, because I feel it in my heart. Then you feel it in your gut. And then you're like, oh, God, come on. And then we've got people within our church that we're doing that with too. I was connecting my heart with people who were going through hard stuff. And I just felt my heart was quite vulnerable. And then we were navigating COVID and chopping and changing everything for services and whatever. So it was an interesting season. In the middle of that, I decided it would be a really good idea to do a DNA test. Just, whoa, let's do this thing. And... Um, I don't know why, like a weird moment came over me. Backstory of that is really that uh, I was adopted as a baby and for years and years uh, we thought, man, I need to find out more about like my mouldy blood. And my birth mother passed away before she'd get me all the info and so I, I thought, well, DNA tests would be really good, like probably lead me to different people and the kids are really interested in knowing more about it. And I was, I never met my birth father because he was, I was told how dangerous he was and, and the choices he made and it would not be safe. So for 27 years, I, I never met him, however knew who he was and some of his family. Anyway, turns out the day I get my um, DNA test, I open up, no I didn't, it was an email, I clicked open and um, 7 o'clock Friday morning. Uh, August the 13th, oh, and um, anyway, open it up, and there I see a match, I see a match for a child parent, and I think, seriously, I've got five kids, but I don't think I left one at the hospital, like, come on, turns out, there was a parent-child match, the other way around, I had daddy number three coming on up, so the story of that is, my first, when I met my birth mother, the first parent, dad, she told me I had, was a lie on the birth certificate, so that was a fake name. So then I got the second one, but now, all these years later, I now have a third one. And what's even more fascinating is, um, seriously, I mean, I wanted to return that DNA test then and there. I was like, can I get my money back for this? Like, I don't want this information. This is too much. They don't do returns, so that is a shame. Um, Anyway, so... The whole story is that, turns out, I'm like very English, very Irish, very Scottish, very Welsh. I don't know if that's how they sound. Oh, no, I've got wrong. <laughs> and then, <laughs> whatever else I am, they're a little bit of Swedish. And I thought, oh, I'll take that. I like the Swedish. No ounce of mouldy blood whatsoever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have lied for 27 years to so many people. I never claimed anything on my Māori blood, so that was good. Didn't have to pay anything back, so fabulous. (laughs) Meanwhile, okay, meanwhile, I am thinking, I wonder, now I've got a new father, I wonder if there's any child payments I can cash in on. (laughs) Oh, too far, too far. So anyway, I actually felt, like, really vulnerable, because I was like, I joked about, oh, yes, probably get a new dad or something stupid. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, I should never open my mouth, (laughs) you know. But what happened in that moment was all of a sudden I was like, God, I did not need an additional part to my testimony. Like, I have got plenty. Seriously, give that chapter to somebody else. But I was just standing there like, this is so surreal. 
this is so bizarre. Like, why now at this age and stage do I get, you know, a new um, biological parent with two also half brothers to go with it, but I lost two and lost one, so I guess I was evened out. But, you know, like, why? Why right now? And um, I was just a bit thrown. It was really weird. And I just thought, I've done this. I've done this journey. I don't want to do it again. And then I thought, whoa, poor him. He had no idea. Imagine what it was opening that mail up for him. <laughs> like, shocking. Anyway, um, so what did I do in that season? Well, I'll tell you what God did for me. He, I felt he created the August lockdown for me. I mean, he probably didn't, but I like to think that I'm God's favourite. So um, I said, thank you, Jesus, for that little special moment. And I literally went into the August lockdown where we had to work from home again and we were all kind of, I think we were all shut down. I can't remember. But for me, it was like, thank you, God. Because weirdly in that moment, as much as my world wasn't unravelling, I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing with this info. What does this need mean for me? I don't know if I need, I don't need necessarily more people in my world. But I know my heart right now needs to be guarded. I know right now I, I really appreciated I was only around my family. I, I didn't have a capacity in that moment to like be a pastor as such, give me a week and I was fine. But it was a little bit like, okay, that's, that's a lot. And so I think what I tell you that story for is that was an unexpected. Did not know that was coming up. Whoa, didn't have a first aid plan ready, but quickly I had to go, okay, what do I do right now to protect my heart? Because my heart is vulnerable. I don't want to do anything silly. I don't want to say anything silly. What do I do? And so in that moment, it was like, told safe people, got wisdom from people, had Graham, who is amazing, just to unpack anything with. And um, that was where the journey began of God healing my heart in a vulnerable moment, God protecting my heart. And I think, you know, we don't always know when that's going to happen. We don't always know. And what I did have to do is I had to not go, oh, well, um, my husband's going to protect my heart, like I referred to before. But I had to do the work. I had to recognise that my heart needed protecting. Our hearts take a hit. We don't know when they're going to come. But what we do need to know is that recognise it quick. Find a plan quickly and... um, and recover from it as quick as you can because that will save you from making any decisions that might you might regret. So I'm going to quickly fire off these things. How do we do it? Because we were, you know, as did you used to say this, we're coming in for a landing. Yes, great. So here we go. Number one, protect our hearts via God's word. Keep it in you. Get more scriptures in you and have them ready. Have them on your screensaver. Have them beside your bed. Have them as artwork on your wall. Put them in your car. Wherever they are, just have them nearby. So you're, you've got it. You've got it. And you, you just keep saying it to yourself. Self. Self. Until you believe it. Ask God's covering each day. Chase those little issues, which we will get. Chase them. Chase the thoughts. Chase the grudges. Chase the offences. Make sure they do not settle in your heart. Renew your mind daily. You might have to have renewed it 12 times by morning tea. Keep doing it. Create in me a pure heart, God. Come on, God. Oh, I'm struggling with that. Create in me a pure heart. God, guard my heart today. Assess what is it that is allow, what is it going on that you're allowing in your heart? Keep aware. Get aware. And 
Get help if you find those first three or four things are not working and they're not enough. Recognize. Number six, the signs of an unhealthy heart. Get prayer, get support, get accountability, get counseling, and keep repeating all these steps. I want to finish today when the band rocks on out. They can come on out because I need that romantic heart music. Um, But I want to finish today with asking you this. How is your heart today? Are you doing a good job of guarding it? Does your heart need some TLC? And I think if we all honestly sort of looked inwardly, and even today God will have been maybe revealing to you some little things or bigger things, I'm not sure. But you will be like, yeah, I think my heart needs some TLC. Today I believe God's wanting to do work on all of our hearts. And no matter what the condition, I don't believe today he's just showing you some heart issues just to show it. I believe he's showing you or revealed it to you because he wants to help you on the journey. He wants you to know he can be that joy. He can be that strength. He can be that protector. He can be the healer of the broken heart. He can bring you the peace that no or nothing else will ever bring you. So today, I would love to pray for you guys. And um, I would just love it if in an attitude of prayer right now, like even if you just think, man, what is it in my heart, God? What is it that I need your help? What is it that I need your support? What is it that maybe I'm struggling with that I can't do on my own, that he would reveal that to you? you, to you. And um, I would love if all of us, you know, I don't want to make anyone feel awkward. So if all of us can like just close our eyes in this moment. And I just want to pray over all of us really, because maybe today your heart's content, but maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow it might not be. So um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Um, thank you, Jesus. God, I just pray right now for the room. God, every single person has a heartbeat in this place of Jesus. And out of that, look, God, could be wounded people, could be brokenhearted people, could be discouraged people, could be defeated people, could be exhausted people, could be tempted people. God, there could be bitter-hearted people in here. God, the struggles of our heart are so real. So Lord, I just pray right now for every single person and the condition of their heart. And Lord, I pray you fill this room with your Holy Spirit. You fill this room with your love right now. And God, you just pour uh, like an anointing oil over every single person in this room. I pray you, your, your whispers of love and encouragement and kindness and peace and joy and courage and just your abundance of of all that those hearts need, Lord Jesus, will just fall on the individual person right now. God, I just come against where the enemy might be lying, discouraging, or, or, or just deceiving even hearts right now. That God, you, they will get a fresh revelation from You. God, they will hear Your voice today. That their hearts, Lord Jesus, will be created and cleaned before You today, Lord Jesus. God, I pray where forgiveness is needed in hearts. They're still doing the journey. Keep helping them, Lord Jesus, for that. And God, just right now, help them to take on Your help, take on Your Word and receive healing to begin in their hearts.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. God, just also for the ones, maybe if you stay in an attitude of uh, prayer, I feel like there's ones in this room that you've never even received Jesus. And today you're feeling like, man, I have not really understood what it is to have Jesus in my heart. But today he's sort of knocking on your heart. It's racing and you're like, oh, I don't fully understand it, but I, I do want it. Or maybe you've walked away and you're like, oh, man, my heart got hard towards God. I got hurt. And so I turned away. Maybe that's you today. And today's your day to come back to Jesus, to give Him back your heart, to ask for Him to fill your heart again, or for the first time today, to ask Jesus into your heart. You know, I've had years of having Him in my heart, but when I did make that decision, what a radical change. What a radical change He makes. The peace He gives, the joy He gives, the boldness He gives, the confidence He gives, the, re- the restoration He does in our lives. So if that's you today, just want to give you a quick minute or moment. If you want to respond to lift your hand and I'm looking out, other people have got their heads down and in an attitude of prayer. So I'm just going to be looking out. If that's you, just lift your hand and I'd love to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. That's another hand. Awesome. Those hands. It's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I see the other hand. That's amazing. That's so cool. So, so incredible. Thank you, Lord. I see that hand as well. Thank you, God. God, I just thank You for these ones in the room that have responded to You today, Lord Jesus. And God, we just thank You. And so um, we're just all as a family and congregation, we're going to go say this prayer and we'll say it together so the ones who are making a decision today feel confident to say it out loud as well. Dear Lord Jesus, I invite You into my heart today. I thank You for the peace, the joy, the love and the forgiveness that You are going to give me today. And I ask, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sins and to have my heart today and come into a relationship with You. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause for the people who made decisions. Incredible. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.